Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to church. Uh, Hey, thankful and grateful you're here today. It's my honor and privilege to be preaching today to you, wherever you may be watching from. My name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors on staff. It's my privilege to be able to work here and to love this city and love this church. I gotta say I'm grateful for you today, church. I had a call with someone recently, and man, they just took two minutes to encourage me. Not even that, maybe two sentences, and it just... It blessed my soul, and I can say that because that's truly how I feel, and I wanna encourage you right now. I just felt like this was pressing on my heart as I was preparing this message, is that there's probably someone in your circle, someone you know, somebody that God has put on your heart recently to text, to call, to encourage. Would you do that? Would you take a moment and call someone or text them and encourage them? Because Lord knows we need it. There's been a lot of exciting things happening. Obviously, with the restart plan, I'm sure many of you are excited to have some barbecue block party-esque things uh, coming soon to a street near you. I I bet you're excited for that. Also, a lot of heartache in the last couple of weeks, obviously. Um, We were just, you know, still still processing and grieving what happened, what we discovered in Kamloops. The indigenous communities have been affected by this. So excitement, grieving. It's been an interesting two weeks. Obviously, it's been an interesting 16, 17 months. And I know right now, the only thing I can say, really, because I I just don't know what to say sometimes, is, man, we need Jesus, don't we? Man, we need Jesus. And so I have felt that on my heart, that I need Jesus as a dad, as a husband. Like, I need Jesus. And so I love that we're doing a series all about Jesus. That's it. That's what the plan was. That's We knew that's where we needed to be this summer, not because it's easy, but because we truly just need to be more and more like him. So grab your Bible. We're in Mark 10. Today's sermon is Jesus the Accessible, or Jesus is Accessible, really. I think it's almost better to, to get rid of the the or put in is. Jesus is accessible, Jesus the accessible. And uh, I'm excited to to bring this thought to you today. So grab your Bible. If you don't have one, that's okay. Google it online, Mark 10, verse 13 through 16, or it's gonna be right here. Let's read it together. I'll point at the screen, Mark 10, starting in verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This is a great verse. This is a great few verses, excuse me. Oh, man. Every time I read this, I always think of the song, Jesus loves the little children, all the... You know that song? If you don't know that song, I don't know what to say to you. Like, like everyone learned that song, whether you went to Sunday school or not. I've, I, I instantly think of this. And I, I know at first glance, this, this few verses would be easy to actually just roll right through if you were reading through Mark on your own and you would just be like, oh yeah, the, the, the verses we use for baby dedications. Of course, I know, I know that chunk of scripture. But I think the whole purpose of the Bible reading plan, the reason why we're trying to get really into Mark, the gospel of Mark, the good news of Jesus, Peter's firsthand eyewitness accounts, right? The reason why we're trying to do this is because we wanna look at every word, 
every moment, every part of scripture where Jesus was involved. I was reading one theologian commentator this week and he said, merely glancing at Jesus's words is like sitting at a dinner with God and never talking because you heard one lecture in a church once. Like this is Jesus's words. And so let's not skip over this. Let's, I wanna challenge you, you know? Let's, let's get into this really well for, it's only three or four verses. Let's really get into it. Verse 13, bringing, people were bringing kids to Jesus. And I, I, I only can picture this a little bit because when I, I went to a mission trip in India, because I was like the main pastor there, I had like people all over the streets coming to me with children and they wanted me to pray over them. Like whether the children were sick or there was a blessing. And so that's kind of what's happening here. It's not just children are running to Jesus. It's that people are coming with their children. Children are coming and they're actually hoping that Jesus will bless them bless their kids, maybe heal, put a specific generational prayer, like whatever it may be. And then the disciples rebuke. Like this is a big thing. Think if we were to glance over this. The disciples start rebuking the people, hushing like, what are you, are you kidding me? This is Jesus we're talking about. This is, hello, he ain't got time for this. He's, he's growing in his, in his popularity. His, his followers on Instagram have really grown in the last little while, okay? He ain't got time for your kids. Remember what Adam preached on last week? He kind of actually hit on this at later half of Mark 9, he pointed out this picture of how little status, the little care, honestly, the little, the, 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 the little significance people thought, the way they thought of children. Like kids were not this beautiful, precious thing that we, we take photos of and, and go, you know, goo gaga over anymore. Like this was low status people didn't care about. And the disciples rebuked them away. And I just think it's so interesting that Jesus became angry, indignant, this, this, this deep, intense grieving, this Greek word, which is this agonakteo, which is this literal moved or afflicted with intense grief. He was frustrated. He was moved by the, this intense emotion. And he was like, he, he, he began to rebuke his best friends because of what they did. Jesus is not happy. Let the little, little children come to me and do not hinder them, that verse said. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So Adam already painted the picture of what, how children were viewed early on. Now Jesus is saying, let them come because the kingdom is for them. It's for people like them. It's for people just like them. The kingdom isn't for specific people. It's for all people. The kingdom of God belongs to the lowest of lows. The kingdom is accessible. There's our title to all those who want to access it. Please hear this. Please know this is, this is the truth. As followers of Jesus, I'm talking to Christians and believers for a second. It is our job to show how personal and accessible Jesus really is. And I cannot stress that enough. It is our job as believers. It is our duty, if you will, our responsibility as followers of Christ to make sure we're constantly showing how personal and accessible Christ really is. If you're a believer, you know this because we preach about this all the time, don't we? It's a relationship, not a religion. It's, it's tangible. It's not tradition. Like however many times we can say it, this is the point. And yet the idea of God being personal and accessible to us right now in 2021, right now in this moment, in you know, whatever day it is, like every single person, regardless of background, is is allowed to come to Jesus, is absolutely wanting to come to Jesus. Like Jesus wants every person. The idea, what I'm trying to say is, today, every single person, regardless of background, needs to know that this is not just an idea, that this is truth, 
that this is the gospel, that this is love. And yet, for some reason, it stays an idea. Did God, like did Jesus, make himself accessible? It's a fair question, and so let's, let's think about it. Let's answer for those who are skeptical, those who are like, I don't know, like I think he's this airy-fairy thing, like it's maybe, like maybe the God, I don't know. Let's just look at some of his main sit-downs, his larger conversations that happen throughout the gospel. Mark 2, right away, sat down with Matthew, or formerly Levi, right? Became a close, confident, confidant of Jesus. Like, he was a tax collector. The Bible says in Mark 2 that he sat with tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors were Jews who literally worked for the Romans who went to other Jews and took their money on the Romans' behalf. Most hated guy in his town. Sinners, that word is really just kind of a blanket statement used for anyone of low, like prostitutes, thieves, like former, like ex-husbands and wives, like people who are on the street, like the despicable of the despicable. Luke, John 4, he has a lengthy conversation with a Samaritan woman. One of the most beautiful things you can read this week. This beautiful conversation between a Jewish rabbi and a Samaritan woman. And he has this incredible conversation with her. And I don't want to spoil it all. Like Jews and Samaritans didn't talk, let alone men and women, let alone rabbi and Samaritan woman. Luke 5, he touches a leper. Mark 8, heals a blind man. He's constantly coming to the marginalized, to the disabled, to the lowest in the community, according to the social standards at that point, and saying, I'm here for you, I'm accessible, I love you. And that's what we would say, like, absolutely, you're right, Pastor Lucas, he's after the marginalized, he hates the Pharisees, he only wants the hurting. Hold on, Luke 7, he has a very interesting conversation with a Pharisee named Simon. Listen, whether they were the, the spiritual elect or was the lowest of the low, Jesus was constantly going to everyone making sure they knew he was accessible. That, hey, if you wanted to for, be forgiven, if you wanted to repent, if you wanted to see God in his full, like, fullest, as close as you can right now in a tangible way, I'm ready to come to you. I'll have dinner with you. The amount of times I read this week and Jesus reclined at the table. I was like, well, is he packing a chair with him? Like, just let's eat. Like, he's always ready to, to meet and to talk and to heal. He was accessible to everyone. Jesus is, please hear this. If you hear anything else, hear this. Jesus is and was accessible to everyone always. Jesus is and was at the time, but still is accessible to everyone always. Make no mistake, friends. Jesus is accessible. God is accessible. The Holy Spirit is accessible. And if we would come to him and truly experience him, this is a life I tell you right now, your life is, is it's worth coming to Jesus. It's interesting though, this is not this like epic moment I've just delivered, especially if you're a Christian, but if not, like you would probably have a decent idea that the Christian way of life believes in a God who is real, that has come to us, that has been tangible, that wants to have a personal relationship with us. This is not groundbreaking stuff, right? So why do we feel still like God is not accessible to us? Why do we feel like when I say the word Jesus is accessible, there's still a little bit of hesitancy of being like, yeah, but I'm not so sure. Yeah, but I prayed that one time and it didn't happen. So are you sure? I think it's so important that we know that he's accessible to everyone always. I wanna make sure I say it that way. It's very important. I think it's important to realize we've stopped running to God and we've started relying on ourselves. Again, not, not a crazy statement. 
But when you actually put it into practicals, it makes all the difference. These, these people came running to Jesus with their children, plopping them in their arms, saying there's nothing else. I think of the, the woman who was running after Jesus to touch his cloak. There was a desperation in people's hearts that they needed to get to Jesus. And so far in our culture, and what I see us trying to do is we're always trying to solve problems on our own rather than running to the Savior. We're constantly trying to say, well, if I can just fix that in my own strength, if I can just take care of myself, I don't need him in this. Our first response is rarely prayer. Our first response is constantly, well, I can take care of that. I just need to change that. Just a quick policy fix. Like we need Jesus. We need him. Everyone always needs him. And our problem isn't access. Jesus has made himself accessible to us. Our problem is actually accessing it daily. Isn't it so frustrating that the solutions seem so simple, right? But the problem still remains. Like there really is something in us and I, I'm not sure why, like these little children get it. There's other versions where, where, where kids come running to Jesus. And I, I think of my son at daycare. I think of like, he will literally wait at that gate and as parents come in to pick up the other kids, he'll, my son Bo will go, have you seen my daddy? And they'll go, oh no, I don't know where your daddy is. Can you take me with you? Like he just, he's so ready to just come running. And then when, when I come or, or Trina comes to pick him up, it is like a full sprint. Nothing, doesn't matter what is in the way. If there was a brick wall, he'd try and run through it. He sees us and he's so excited and it's the best part of my day. And this is what Jesus is talking about. It's this attitude. It's not just that he's trying to show us, like Pastor Adam said, that the kingdom kind of optics is that of a child. It's that we need to act like a child, like that physical, I'm running to you, Christ, because you're all I need. Not a last resort, but our first response. I love that it says that, what does Jesus do when, when, these, when these kids come? Uh, yes, and, and Jesus say, man, a sprinkle of this, and yeah, pray for you, pray for you. No, no, he took the children, in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. There's a gentle care, there's a tangible connection, and there's spiritual growth. And it's just this beautiful picture of how our God wants to love us, that there's access to Jesus. And the problem isn't access, the problem is us accessing it. That's always been the problem, it's always been the difficulty. We wanna rely on our own strength and our own ability our plans. Friends, secular optimism is fleeting and slowly being disproven. There's this idea that if you just stay positive, right things will happen. That if you just carry forward and have a happy attitude, that it's always going to be okay. And statistically, we're just not seeing that happen. I was just reading an excerpt from, from, from one book that actually said, is too, are we too optimistic for optimism's sake? And it's this study after study after study that a happy attitude doesn't lead to greater hope in real times of crisis. It was just the most interesting, interesting read. And I think this is something we have to begin to understand. This is the reason it's so important we know like how God is so accessible to us. This is the reason because here's the thing, and this is a truth and it's for you and it's for me and it's for the generations to come, is we need the kind of hope that goes deeper than just a positive attitude. This is a chapter in one of Timothy Keller's books, Making Sense of God. He says, we need a hope that goes deeper. It actually goes towards the soul because there's way too many things that a positive attitude just won't fix. It just won't. Like, I, I'm all about being optimistic. I am. Uh, I, I'm, I'm usually more of the bigger dreamer. Let's just be positive. My wife's usually a little more realistic and, and brings me down to earth a little bit. 
But as generally, like, we're happy people and we're believing and we, we want to be optimistic. My kids, same thing. That's kind of the, the vibe in our house. But sometimes things hit where optimism and just being positive and the glass, the glass, excuse me, doesn't always seem so, I don't know, half full. It just, it doesn't even look half empty. It's just empty. The thing that popped in my head as I was reading a specific book this week was, what about those people who are dealing with mental health? those who, people who are honestly trekking through thoughts of suicide. Maybe you're watching today and these thoughts have come through your mind in the last couple of weeks. I want you to know that God put you on my heart this week, that I was praying for you. My heart was for you this week in prayer, in my office, on my hands and knees, praying for you, that someone does see you, that God was, is reaching right now out to you through this message saying, there's a hope for you. There's a, a love for you that he is accessible to you right now in this moment. And as I was reading this, this chapter, literally, I was reading a book, A Hope That Can Face Anything. This is a chapter in uh, Timothy Keller's book, Making Sense of God. He, he quotes that U.S. suicide rates, this book's a few years old, surges to a 30-year high. This is the headline on the April 2016 New York Times front page article. U.S. suicide rate surges. The overall suicide rate rose 24% from 1999 to 2014. With the rise over the last eight years, double the annual rises the first seven years. It tripled for girls ages 10 through 14 and rose for every racial and gender category except African-American men. He, he then goes on to say, Robert Putman, the professor of, of public policy at Harvard, was the only expert that's cited in the article who mentioned the word hopelessness because our world needs a hope that can face anything. Is God accessible to us? Absolutely. Are we accessing him? I don't know. Why is it so important? Why am I stressing this so much to be so real and true? Because there's things in life that are far too real to just hopefully, optimistically, if I'm just positive, it'll brush away. I think this all points to God, that we were created for someone to, to actually speak to us, to, to carry us forward, that we can't hold on to life, that we can't fix every problem, that we really need something greater than ourselves to do a great work in us so that we can love people properly. That's what this is saying. And as I reflected and I was thinking about how can I help people this week, and I'm beginning to, to close and we're gonna go into a practical moment here, but as I, as I began to really think about this and say, God, I see what you're saying. You're accessible. If you're accessible to the lowest of the children, then I know you're accessible to every person always. How do I help the church I love so dearly to begin accessing God more and more every day? How do I do that, Lord? And as I came down early one morning, my son has been waking up on ungodly hours. For those parents who wake up at five, wow, you're, you're a hero. My son's been waking up at 5.15 and it is wrecking us this week. I came downstairs and my kids were up early and Georgia was coloring and we listened to worship music in the morning and she was singing this song. What a friend we have in Jesus. And she was just singing it, but Georgia being such a goof, she's like, what a friend we have. Like, it was like operatic for a moment. And I was like, Jesus, I was like, Georgia, what are you doing? What are you singing? And she goes, I'm singing. I'm singing about our friend. Our friend, what do you mean? Jesus, like Christ, do you mean Lord? I like, we got all like pastor on her. Do you mean the, the son of the risen one? Like, is that who you're talking to? She's like, no, I'm talking. It's a friend, it's Jesus, he's our friend. And I was like, of course he is. Yeah, Jordan, you're, you're absolutely correct in that. He's not 
Yes, Jesus is Savior, and yes, he is, he is Redeemer, and yes, He is the Forgiver, and all the different words, He's the Healer, all the things we've covered so far, and He's absolutely your friend. And maybe that framework, just shifting a little bit to you're not talking to a deity, you're talking to someone named Jesus, a friend of yours who is accessible, and if you would just know that in your heart, maybe you would get a little more access to Him. And so here's what I want you to do. I want to take a moment right now and I'm challenging you. This is all part of the message. I'm going to come back in a moment. But see Jesus as George sees him in that moment and as these children are seeing, see him as friend. Receive him like a child. Just come to him. Here's what I do when I really need to come to Jesus. Man, I get any distraction I can out of the way. I dedicate just three minutes, five minutes, something small and say, I'm just gonna give you the next three to five minutes, Lord, just 100%, it's all yours. So I get all the distraction out of the way, I dedicate those few moments, and then I pour out my heart. I just let words come out. I just start talking to Jesus, as, as I'm sure a song that you guys have been listening to. I just start talking to him as friend. So we're gonna take a moment here. I wanna challenge you right now where you are, as you watch this sermon, whether it be in the morning, in the evening, whether you're watching it this week, whether it's just audio in your ears and you're on the bus, Take a moment, push away the distractions, dedicate a few minutes. Josh is here, he's gonna play a song that's all about you taking the step. Because can I tell you that's the secret? He's done all the work, he's gone to the cross, you just gotta take one step towards him. Just a little bit of effort, just come to Jesus. You don't have to explain yourself, you don't have to fix yourself, you just have to come to Jesus, to your friend, and let him do the work on your heart and see what he'll begin to do. Let's go ahead and sing and take a moment right now. And I have a prayer to pray In the name of the one who has paid my debt I have a song to sing To the one who is given G. 
sensing his deep love for you, that Jesus' love will never fail you. I hope you're sensing his, his passionate, deep abiding friendship to you. I hope you're seeing that he is accessible right now wherever you are, that no matter what you're facing, that even if, like I said earlier, and I don't wanna skip past it, that if you are facing and sensing such emotional, spiritual strife, like you can reach out to him, that he is there for you, we want to help you. If you need someone to pray with this week, call us, text us. I want to say one thought and then and bring this all together. Timothy Keller wrote this. Kind of loving him today, but it is what it is. He said that we know God will answer us when we call because on one terrible day, he did not answer Jesus when he called. Jesus' prayers were given the rejection that we sinners merit so that our prayers could have the reception that Jesus merits. Reach out to him. He's accessible to you. Just start accessing him this week. Start praying, start talking to Jesus. Maybe for you today, you're realizing that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want one. And you feel like, I don't know if I can come to him. I don't know if I could go to Jesus. I'm just too messed up. I'm, I'm, you don't understand. Remember, he goes for any, everyone always. That, he's, that he, wants your, he wants your heart. He wants a relationship with you. That your sin was dealt with by Christ on the cross. That he clears the debt if you just come to him, repent, ask for his love and forgiveness, it's there, it's ready, it's waiting. So right now, if that's you, if you're saying that, yes, I want that relationship, Pastor Lucas, I'm praying that prayer, I need his forgiveness, I want him in my life, then you can click the button that's popping up on the screen that just says raise a hand. You can also text life to the number that's popping up on the screen right now. These are steps forward. This is how we as the church come behind you. This isn't just for like numbers, guys. This is for us to come beside you and behind you and say, we see you, let's help you in this journey. You're making the greatest decision you ever could make and we support you in that. Church, we love you. We're for you. We're praying for you. And I so want you to know that God is accessible. You just gotta come to him. Heavenly Father, we come to you now with everything that we have, with all of the mess, and we say, Jesus, speak. 
talk to us. We know and believe that you are faithful, that you're accessible, and that we can just come to you and trust you. And so that's our decision today as a church moving forward, as people moving forward. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, church.